Can you say hi to the person one more time next to you? Just say hi. Okay, sit down. <laughs> Sorry, just needed to get the wiggles out, you know? Okay, now do this with me. Let's take a deep breath together. We have all had different weekends. We're all kind of in a different place in school. But this morning, there's no pressure. There's no pressure to feel a certain way or feel God a certain way or not feel God a certain way. But um, there's just no pressure. So let's take another deep breath together as we pray. Yeah, Holy Spirit, we just, we come and we become present with you who has been in this room um, long before we arrived. So we just recognize, Holy Spirit, we, we don't have to make you come or make you stay. But you're just with us. And no one else does it. No one else does it like you. So we're grateful and we, we meet with you this morning. Amen. Awesome. So how many of you guys have heard this phrase like, surrender to God? Come on, say yes. Yes. Okay, cool. Um, well, honestly, if you've been a part of any worship set I've ever led in my entire life, we like usually, <laughs> we usually have this moment where we stop and we open up our hands, right? You're like, yeah, dad, we do it every week. Um, but yeah, we have this moment where we stop and we stop just like going through all these songs and we stop and we open up our hands and we say, God, I'm here. But honestly, there should, if it hasn't already come, there should be some questions that arise with that. And I think the two main questions is like, what does this even mean? What does it mean to surrender to God? And two, why surrender to this God, right? Why should I surrender to Jesus among other gods? Why him? And this morning, I want to talk through this with you. And we're right in the middle of our apologetic series. And I just want to remind you, as a team, we're not trying to stand up here and convince you of anything. Like, we're not trying to, like, get as many people to follow Jesus as possible. We're just coming up here and we're being like, yeah, it's confusing. And it's okay that you don't know what you don't know. And there's no pressure. And, yes, there are so many religions. You're hearing about all, these, all of these different belief systems in your, house, in your homes, in your schools, um, within your friend groups, maybe um, online, if you are, like, into researching religions. Um, and... Here's the thing, we are diving into this series because we just want to say, look at our God. There's no pressure, but look at our God. Look, he's different than everyone else. We want you to see why. Sound good? Amazing. You're talking to me. Great. Open up your Bibles to Philippians 2. We're going to read out of the New Testament this morning. How many of you guys remember Paul from the Acts series? We love Paul. Great. Um, so there's this guy named Paul who was radical, a radical evangelist, apostle, disciple of Jesus. And from jail, he writes this letter to the church of Philippi. He is writing to this church to say thank you. And he is encouraging them to stand firm in their faith. He writes these couple of verses that are actually believed to be some sort of song that the churches would sing. And so this huge chunk of verses we're going to read, it's kind of like their like main worship song that they like loved to sing, which I'm all about it. Um, so yeah, let's read this. Philippians 2, 5. 
In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. So, we're going to dive into this, but first, a question for you. Have you ever receive something that you were totally undeserving of. Yeah? Yes. Okay. Like, this is my life. This happens to me so often. Like, things that I just don't deserve at all. It's just like, people will just, like, give me things that I don't deserve. It's the best. I love my life. Um, (laughs) But here's the thing. What this does, it puts me in situations where I'm around people that just break the mold. Like, they, I think they're going to be one way. And then they're just entirely different. Um, and so, this morning I want to tell you a story about my Auntie Ev, who, it, some of you have probably heard this story, because it's like my favorite thing. Yes, you absolutely have heard this story. Um, and I want to tell you the story, because she broke the mold for me of what I thought rich people were like. So being like a poor college student at the time, I was like, ah, rich people could pay for my student loans, but they don't. It's a bummer. So, but anyways, Auntie Ev, if you saw her, she just looks like a normal gal. Like, she's just so normal. But like, if you knew her, you would know that she like loses $20 bills all the time. It's like, what? So anyways, she tells me, she's, I know, it's so weird. Um, So she's like, Deb, oh, also she lives in Hawaii. And she's like, Deb, wake up tomorrow at 5 a.m. I'm going to take you on a day. Like, we're going to do a day. And I was like, what does that even mean? Like, I don't know. Like, we're probably just going to go to the beach or something. It's going to be great. So she takes me to this amazing, like, the oldest hotel in Hawaii. And uh, we, like, go to this sunrise breakfast. And if you know me, I love a good meal. And so she sits me down and she's like, here we are, like, breakfast, like, enjoy this. And I was like, oh, this is the best day. Like, I thought we were just going to go home after that. And then she, like, she's like, all right, let's go. And I was like, where are we going? And she, like, takes me to this, okay, we're in this area of Honolulu called Waikiki, if you've been, it's, like, bougie, right? So she, like, takes me into this store, and she's like, here's how this is going to work. I'm going to give you a basket at every store, and we're not leaving until you fill it up. Like every store, right? I'm like, oh my God, this is every girl's dream. And, and maybe every guy's dream too. I don't know. And so I'm like, I don't know what to do. I just like put like some picture frames in the basket. I'm like, do I get clothes? Like, I don't know what to do. So I just got like 10 picture frames at that store. It's so weird. Anyways, so it just keeps on happening. She just takes me to all these stores and I'm like, what the heck? And so... We, she's like, oh, I'm getting a little tired. Let's get a second breakfast. Takes me to this amazing, like, beachfront, 
amazing breakfast, second breakfast, and I pull my phone out to take a picture, my cracked iPhone 4, right? She's like, that is not okay. And I was like, I'm taking a picture? She's like, that your phone is outdated and cracked. And I was like, oh no. So we walk into the Apple store. She, she like gets um, the first Apple guy she sees and she's like, you have three minutes to get my niece whatever she wants. And I was like, you are breaking the mold, Auntie M. No rich person has ever done anything like this. So anyways, she's like standing there and she's like, 259, 258. I'm like, oh my God. And she like looks so normal. Like if you met her, she's just like, anyways. Um, and so I look at the guy, I'm like, give me the cheapest thing. And she's like, no, you're getting the most expensive and the newest thing. And I was like, oh my God. Oh, I was like, great. She's like, you need a case. I was like, I, I, I need a case. Um, so we go out. I'm like, what? I step out of the Apple store. I'm like, great. I'd have a new iPhone. And then she was like, you need some diamonds. I know. I know. Every time I tell the story, I freak out. So she's like, you need some diamonds. And so we go to get some diamonds. And, like, let's be real. I was stoked. But, like, when am I going to wear diamonds? Like, I, like, come to church and preach and lead worship. I'm not going to be like, hey, guys, look at my diamond bracelet. Anyways. So she gets me, I'm like, give me the cheapest thing, because of course we're going to get something. Whatever. We go to a bunch of stores. I go home, and there's like a $200 gift card under my pillow. It's just crazy. But like, she broke the mold, right? Like, what I thought, okay, rich people are this way, right? And Antia broke the mold. She's like, no, they're not all this way, Deb. And this morning, I want to talk about those moments where our God breaks the mold, right? Like where in, in this day and age, when Jesus was all the rage, when he was like new and on the earth and, uh, and all these, and Christianity was just happening, he broke the mold. Like what all the other gods had to offer, Jesus did something different. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, here's the thing. It's like sometimes we expect certain things from certain people because of a title. But then they break the mold. And I this is precisely why I had such a hard time narrowing this down this morning. It's because everything Jesus did was different than everyone else. But I'm just going to start at the very beginning. Where God becomes man. And this is like, we celebrate it every year at Christmas, but do we actually know what it means, right? That God became man. So let's break this passage down that we read. My first point is that God gives up power. Okay, let's be real. No one likes to give up power. This is actually a very unusual thing. Every other God, and even every other like philosophy of thinking for that, is different other than this that's modeled by Jesus. Jesus Jesus gives up power where everyone else is primarily focused on gaining power, right? Think about politics, Wall Street, any business or incorporation. Think about higher education. The more power, the better. But Paul writes here in verse 6, 
who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. He did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage This is crazy. Like, this is the thing that Jesus could have absolutely taken advantage of out of everything, right? But he chooses to lay down his life, surrender. God gives up power. And to be honest, this is a very inefficient way to save and redeem the whole world for like all time, right? But Jesus is choosing to give up power because he's teaching us something. We are the most powerful when we surrender for the sake of someone else. We are the most powerful when we're servants. Jesus is redeeming every person who has been on the outside or felt like an outsider by saying, I will come to the lowest level of power so that I can be with you. God gives up power. My second point this morning, God makes himself known and becomes like us. How many of you guys like kids? Oh, wow. Again, amazing, surprising. I have a really hard time with them. Like, (laughs) whoever's going to be my future husband is going to have to be good at kids because, like, quite honestly, I see them and I'm like, hey, how's it going? How's your day? And I'm like, what am I expecting to say? Like, hi, Debriana, my day was going, like, went really well. Like, no, like, you're not, I'm expecting them to, like, verbally process their entire three days of existence. Like, whatever. I'm just so bad with kids. But, like, here's the deal. I'm starting to learn how to talk to them, right? You have to have, like, a, like, hi, how's it going? And, like, crouch down and be like, hi like as high pitch as you can. I hope that's right. Is it right? Thank you. Lane and Jada, no. Like they're amazing little son. I, it's the sweetest, but I'm just always like, hey, how's it going? Like as far away as possible. Anyways, so I can think about my own childhood though. A story for you is like, I remember my dad understanding this really well. Like my dad just like came down to our level, right? He was never like a crazy, macho, like powerful dad that didn't like talk to you at all, right? My dad was so good at like coming low and being with us. And I remember we played hide and seek with walkie talkies all the time. And I know the best. And it was so easy to find our dad. Like he was so good or no, I was so good at hide and seek. Like, I always found my dad. And maybe it's because he was, like, super big compared to us because he was, like, an adult. Or maybe it's because I was a really, like, good hide and seek person. Or, Or maybe he just, like, wanted to be found. Right? So when I got older, I asked him. And I remember him talking about being found. He described it in the most beautiful way that only a dad could really talk about. But he said that he wanted to be found. That it was the best part of the whole game when we would jump on him and yell his name and yell at the top of our lungs, which, of course, I did all the time. And (laughs) he especially loved it, though, when we took credit. 
And when we said, oh, I'm so good at hide and seek. And he loved it. He loved it the whole time, though. He was just making himself known. Right? He wanted to be found. And I believe this is the truth about our God. It's what makes him stand out among all the other gods. See, there's this interesting concept that's present in many religions where people have to go and find God. The individual is the initiator. They're the first mover. And oftentimes they go on a journey to find the divine, but the divine is hiding from them. He's so difficult to find. So the people have to sacrifice things, neglect themselves completely, or play some sort of game with a really mad and angry God. But Christianity is radically different. God is the first mover. Like you read it from the beginning of time. He's the, he's the first mover. He gives himself a name. He gives himself a voice. He talks to his people. God is the first mover. God doesn't hide from us. And Jesus, as Pastor Hayden says, God with flesh on, is the perfect example that God wants to be found. God becomes like us. He's the first mover. So my third point this morning is that God empowers us to be like him. And this, this got me this week, if I'm being honest. I, I've never really thought about this. But see, okay, let's just break it down. A lot of you guys have come to me and come to your leaders and said things like, I can't feel God, which is so normal, right? All of us have felt that in the room. And many of you have admitted to the difficulties of Christianity, which, again, all of us are there. You feel them at camp or sometimes during Sunday services, but for the most part, you just can't seem to, like, access him. And I want to tell you this morning about an amazing figure in history that you've probably heard of. She won a Nobel Peace Prize for her work in Calcutta, India, with orphans, widows, and the poor. And this is Mother Teresa. And what some of you don't know about her is that she couldn't feel God for over 50 years. She was called by his spirit and then couldn't access anything. Like God felt so far away. But what does she choose to do? Here's a quote from her. She says, I see Jesus in every human being. I say to myself, this is hungry Jesus. I must feed him. This is sick Jesus. The one has le- this one has leprosy or gangrene. I must wash him and tend to him. I serve because I love Jesus. See, Mother Teresa became like God. What other God gods actually like? What other gods actually give you the tools to be like them? Right? Kind of takes a little bit to think about, but. The gods over every other religion insist that they are impossible to reach and that humans must appease their leadership. But our our God gives us a way to actually become like him. And the even more surprising truth about it is that we are already like him because he made us in his image. No other God does something like this. So what does this say about his character? God is not insecure. God is not codependent. 
God is not selfish. He shares. God is not hiding. He gives us a way to be like him. See, this is not just for Mother Teresa, right? That's a really big standard. This is not just for pastors or people that work in churches. This invitation is there for all of us. This is what Paul writes in the beginning of that Philippians passage. Why don't you read this with me? It'll be here on the screen. This is right before the passage we read. And it says, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and one of mine. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus Christ. And then it goes into that passage that we read in the beginning. See, if, he, if God was like any other God, he would make it impossible for us to be like him. If he was arrogant and a glory hog sitting up in heaven, he would make sure no one ever remotely resembled him. But our God made us in his image and gives us the tools to become more and more like him every day. Paul is saying, if any of this resonates with you, if any of you have been moved by the love of God, if any of you believe in this stuff, go and be like him. Go and be like-minded. Be humble. Be selfless. Don't do anything out of selfish ambition. Be like God because you are like God. You are actually made in his image. So what does all of this mean for us today? Today we talked about how God gives up power. He makes himself known and becomes like us. And he empowers us to be like him. And here's the last thing I want to drive home. What is his motivation? Like, why does he do all of this? And I believe with all my heart that this is the thing that makes him stand out the most. Why does God give up power? Why does he make himself known? Why doesn't he hide? Why doesn't he, or why does he empower us to be like him? See, this is radically different. His motivation is radically different. The major God of Islam takes all of his power and requires you to serve him because honestly, he is a God that is insecure in his power. The hundreds and thousands of gods of Hinduism require you to appease them because they are angry and it's somehow your fault. The entire premise of Buddhism is to rid yourself of your desire and become completely unaffected by the things of this world. But our God is different. And I could go on and on and on. But why? Why is he different? And this morning, we get to hear once again the message of the gospel that he does it because he loves us. Because he loves us, because he loves us, because he loves us. And it is radically different. He goes through all of this stuff. He becomes a man. He gives up power. 
He becomes like a servant. He doesn't hide. And he does it all because he loves us, because he loves us, because he loves us. So this morning, as we head into our response, um, we're going to do a couple things this morning. So why don't you just put your journal down, put your Bible down. I'm super grateful that I got to speak on this this morning. Because even this week, ah, as I was preparing, I was just re-encountering so much with feelings of anxiety and worry and pressure. And the reality hit me again, is that he is with me. And this is different. This is so different. No other God will meet you in this way, where he comes close to you. Because he loves you, because he loves you, because he loves you, because he loves you. And I want to ride that home this morning. Just that he is with you. And as I was praying for you guys this morning, I I felt this need to say, there's no pressure. It's okay that you don't know what you don't know about Christianity. It's okay that there's questions. There is no shame of not knowing everything. Because sometimes there's this pressure that you should know everything. You should have all the answers. But it's okay. One of my favorite authors said that you don't have the answers to unanswered questions. Because it's just not time yet. But trust that the time will come. Trust that there will be teachers. Trust that your heart will one day be soft enough to receive the good news of the gospel if you haven't already. So why don't you close your eyes. This morning, I just, I want to talk to two groups of people. Um, The first is just people who want to experience the reality of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you're hearing this and you're like, oh my gosh, it is different. It is different. No other God offers friendship with the Holy Spirit. He's not just a God you have to appease who's up in the sky and angry with you. He's not like an angry, bitter God who's secretly disappointed at all of your sins and what you did last night. No, he's a God with open hands. He's a God that says there is no far that's too far. He's a God that says, I make beauty out of ashes. Even when you screw up, I leverage everything. Even when you have no idea where your life is going and you're super stressed about where to go to college, he comes close and he says, I will be your guide. I will be your teacher. I will will be your best friend and partner that walks alongside you. So if you want to experience that real love this morning, I can't promise it'll come and hit you like a wave where you start crying, but maybe it will. But what I can promise you is that you can make a decision to follow him, even if you don't have all of your beliefs together this morning. So if you could just raise your hand this morning, if you want to experience that love of the Holy Spirit. So good. Yeah, 
Totally. He's so different than every other God. And he sees you this morning as you're reaching out to him. The second group of people I want to talk to is those who are kind of in that space where you're like, I believe in him, but I can't feel him. And I want to encourage you with our the story of our sister and role model, Mother Teresa, who decided to follow God even when she didn't feel him. So this morning, if you're, if you're somebody like that where you're like, I want to follow him, but I just can't feel him. I want to pray for you this morning as well. So if you could raise your hand, just a sense of like, I want to, I want to do it. I just can't feel him. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. Well, I'm, Lane is going to sing this song over us and we'll join in a second, but I just want to sit in this moment and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. We, we believe in giving opportunity for God to speak. I can, I can only say so much. But I just want you to ask this question to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, show me yourself. I trust that you're not hiding from me. Show me yourself. Let's just lean into that this morning.